The epistle for this 18th Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Brethren, I give thanks to my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, because in everything you have been enriched in him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the witness to, to the Christ has been made so firm in you that you lack no grace while awaiting the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also keep you secure unto the end, unimpeachable in the day of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the ninth chapter of the gospel of St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus, getting into a boat, crossed over and came to his own town. Behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a pallet. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Take courage, son, thy sins are forgiven thee. And behold, some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you harbor evil thoughts in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk? That you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up thy pallet, and go to thy house. And he arose and went away to his house. But when the crowd saw it, they were struck with fear and glorified God who had given such power to men. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Fathers, dear faithful, recently Angelus Press released a book it was translated by Father Wiseman of, of the Society of St. Pius X from, from French. And the title of this book is The Courage to Be Afraid. And the, the book has the theme of addressing a, a major problem that we as Catholics have today. It was, it was written in 1975 and addressed to modern man, modern Catholics. The problem is this, we live in a world where the supernatural has disappeared, where people live as if God does not exist. And we're trying to live our faith in this world. But because the whole atmosphere in which we live is imbued with naturalism, we ourselves are affected by this spirit. A world doesn't live as if God exists, and so we find it very difficult to live a life of faith in God. Even as Catholics, and I just want to focus on one aspect of this problem of living in a naturalistic environment that the author points out. Namely, that as a result, we, we tend to have far too much confidence in natural things, in creatures, and far too little confidence in supernatural things, in the divine order, in God himself. We tend to live under a double illusion. First of all, the illusion that, that there are many things in the natural order that are guaranteed to us, which in fact are not at all guaranteed. And on the other hand, the lack of confidence in God, the, the idea that, that there, God is not able to do certain things for us, or prayer, or the exercise of our Catholic faith are not able to deliver the goods, as we say today. And this double illusion is a false perspective 
on reality. It's not a true view of the way things actually exist. So we end up putting a guarantee on many things that cannot be guaranteed. And we do not act as people from whom many things could be taken away at any time. But we just assume that things are going to continue as they are. We have a sense of false security. In short, we tend to live as if our life is in our own hands and not as if it's in the hands of God. I'm just going to give a very mundane example of us, of people, of, of, of anybody, really, um, just tending to, to expect too much of this world, to expect too much of the natural order. It's a very, it's a cheesy example, it's a mundane example, but it will lead us to, to higher things. It's from the world of sports. There's probably many Broncos fans out there going into this season who are, who are thinking, you know, we've now got Russell Wilson as our quarterback. He's totally awesome. So we're going to have an incredible regular season. We're going to win a lot of games. And then we're, we're going to go on to the playoffs. We're going to do awesome in the playoffs. And then we're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, there's, there's certain expectations placed on the shoulders of one man. And it's, it's not perhaps something that he can deliver. Perhaps he's, he's a great player. Perhaps he's, he's I'm sure he's, he's a wonderful player. And perhaps the fans are still thinking, well, he's, he's lost a few games, but he's going to win the rest of the games of, of the regular season. In the heart is engaged in that expectation when, in fact, it's expecting too much. Perhaps we did the same thing with, with the, the Trump presidency. Perhaps there are people out there who are thinking that, it's, that somehow uh, Trump is going to be the, the savior of the, of the United States and uh, basically make this country some sort of paradise on earth. But then he, he loses an election, uh, another president comes in, and there's an economic downturn. These are just little examples of a general pattern of, of someone who lives in a state of naturalism. There are certain things that comfort us. There are certain things um, that give us security in this life. And because they provide those things for us, what we tend to do is exaggerate their importance or we exaggerate their, their ability to deliver things to us. So we set these expectations, and we, and we tend to think that, that our expectations are guaranteed, that things are, are going to turn out that way because our heart is in it. But in the end, the expectation is false. So many times in our lives, creatures are not able to give us what we want them to give us. Do we learn the lesson? Do we learn from our mistakes when, when creatures do not deliver? Typically not. Typically not. Usually what we do is, is we fall back on some plan B. 
Perhaps this creature over here did not give me what, what I was anticipating. Well, let me turn to another creature, creature C or D or E. Yes, that one will fill in the gap where this other one has failed me. The only thing that we can do to break this cycle of illusion is to take a hard look at the reality of our life, to try to objectively evaluate exactly what is guaranteed for us in this life and what is not guaranteed. We tend to shy away from doing this because it's very scary. We have to have the courage to be afraid. This is what this author is saying. We, we have to have the courage to look at our life as it actually is. What is guaranteed to us? What is not guaranteed to us? There are so many things that we cannot guarantee. We cannot guarantee the life of our loved ones. They are with us now, but how long will they be with us? We do not know. We do not know. The continuance of our job. Perhaps I'm employed today. Will I be employed tomorrow, and the next day, and a year from now? We do not know. The peace and stability of our own country, even. We've been blessed with a lifetime where there's been no war. Will that situation continue forever? Is it guaranteed? We do not know. And especially the salvation of my own soul. I'm a traditional Catholic. I'm here at Mass on Sunday. Does that mean I'm going to save my own soul? I do not know. It's not guaranteed. We tend to be under the impression that, that all these things are in the bag on purely natural motives. Our, our confidence rests on natural means and pure creatures instead of on God. And so, and so we, we short God the confidence that we need to have in him in our life because we're investing so much of our confidence in these other things. We don't feel like we need to go to God. We don't need God. Everything's already taken care of. Do I need to pray my daily rosary? Just for anything, for my family, for my job, for my country? Do, do I need to go to Mass more than, than once a week? Do I need to strive for holiness? Well, no, I don't. I don't if everything is in the bag. I don't need to worry about it. I can just continuing in automatic pilot. It's only when we're able to break out of that illusion that, that makes us so secure in things that are really not secure that, that we end up seeking our security in God alone. And the terrible thing about this state of, of naturalism is that we prevent God from saving us if we do not have the confidence in him that we should. Because we're investing all of our confidence in the wrong place, in some illusion, in some creature that just cannot deliver what it's supposed to be delivering, God is not able to work his mercy on us. 
here's what, what the author said, this, this uh, Dominican priest, Father Moulinier. He says, God does not save someone who does not give him all his confidence. And we take our confidence back from him to the extent that we rely on something else. All spiritual impurities come back to this, relying on something else. This is why we need the work of the Holy Ghost. God cannot come in and take over if we do not invite him, and we invite him by confidence. We need to have this disposition of soul that is, is willing to take life on its actual terms, to assess life as to what it actually can guarantee us and what it cannot guarantee us, and then see that because there are so many things that, that are just not in our control, that we start with God and rely on him first of all to give us all that we need, especially the fulfillment of our own life, the salvation of our own soul, the thing, the very thing for which we are made. And then from there, go on to the creatures and evaluate the creatures in light of that confidence that we have in God. Think of this paralytic in today's gospel, this this crippled man. We don't know what age he was, but we can suspect that maybe he was, he was a young man. Um, our, our Lord addresses him as son. He, he says, have confidence. Have confidence, son. So maybe he was, he was a young man on, uh, when, when this episode happened. And it says that our Lord showed mercy on him precisely because of the faith of his friends. He saw their faith. And so he decided to work this act of mercy, a double act of mercy, the forgiveness of the sins and the healing of his state of being crippled. We can guess, perhaps, what, what happened to this young man. Perhaps he was living life to the full, as many youth do. And then some accident happened to him out of the blue, he was, he was able to move his body. He was able to do his things, to, to seek his fulfillment and his, and his activities. And then something happened. He became crippled. He couldn't move anymore. This is definitely something we, we take for granted, the fact that we can get out of bed in the morning. And it was taken away from him. All of a sudden, he couldn't move. And when he can't move, it's like he has no life. He has no future. All of a sudden, the natural order has failed him and holds no promise for him. So what happens? Perhaps he's getting depressed. I mean, he must have been in a state of sin. If our, if our Lord says, your sins are forgiven, you must have been in a state of sin. But when he, when he reaches this rock bottom, his, his friends are like looking for ways to help him. They say, well, what, what can we do? There's this, this man who's going around and he's working these great miracles. We've tried everything else. Let's try this one last thing. So they take him to go see our Lord and, and he, our Lord's in the house, but the house is completely full. So what do they do? They, they go on the roof, they go on the flat roof of the house, and they start yanking the tiles off the house. And they take this man who can't move, and they just lower him in the presence 
of the mercy of God. And our Lord restores his movement to him. We have to ask ourselves what it would be like if, if we do not learn that lesson of, of our life, that, that proper hierarchy of confidence that we should have. What is it going to take for, for us to, to realize that, that it's really God alone who can assure us of anything in this life? And, and no, no creature is capable of doing that. We definitely don't want to go through our whole life under a state of illusion that the creatures are able to give us more than they are actually able to give us. This is the path of damnation. When we wake up on the day that we die, and we realize, oh, I invested my heart in creatures. I thought they were going to deliver for me. Now I realize they can't. It's only God who can deliver for me. We rush around in our lives think, thinking that we're accomplishing something because we have so much confidence in our natural powers, not realizing that, that everything can be taken away at any moment. Of course, I hope that doesn't happen. You hope that doesn't happen. But the fact is we have to think about it. We have to think about the actual condition of our life so that we can have the proper attitude to our God, to our Heavenly Father so that we do not trust too much in ourselves and the world around us to accomplish our goals. So that we're realistic in what we can expect to achieve. We need to pray for our family. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our boss. We need, we need to pray for, for all of the ordinary things that we take for granted because they do come from God. And he alone is able to assure us of their continuance of anything. Perhaps we need to come to Mass. We need to, we need to pray our rosary and, and say to God, Lord, I, I place everything in your hands. You have given me all that I have. It's all up to you to, to decide how my life is lived. I just want to accomplish your will. I trust in your mercy. It's for you to decide, not me what happens in my life. Only grant that, that I follow your will, that I have confidence in you. Lord, even the salvation of my own soul, even the salvation of my own soul is not going to be accomplished by my natural powers. It's going to be accomplished entirely through your mercy. Do not let me be complacent by the fact that I'm a traditional Catholic, that I go to Mass on a Sunday. Rather, help me to throw myself continually, every day, with great confidence on your mercy. Let me have the courage to be afraid of the lack of guarantee that creatures are able to provide me in this life. Let me throw myself upon the one thing that is absolutely certain for me, and that is your love and your mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.